This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Panel, Alyssa Freeman, Rocco Rossi, Michael Diamond. And since we were talking about energy and the uh, other issues that are roiling the provincial government, how about education? Uh, We've got a situation where there are a number of teachers unions that potentially uh, could be disruptive in the days ahead. And a lot of people are losing their patience. I hear from parents, uh, stakeholders, and uh, just the general public. That seems to be, at least on this show, a pretty much a consensus. And uh, people are saying, make them an essential service. Now, Mike Stafford did have Minister Lecce on earlier this morning and discuss the possibility of naming teachers an essential service. Yeah, you know what? I'm in honesty, like, I'm not there today. I'm not sure that's on my mind. And I know, you know, you're not the first to raise it to me. And I've heard it from others. I just think the priority for me in the current posture is just getting a deal through the current uh, arrangement we have, which is by bargaining hard and in good faith. All right, bargaining hard and in good faith. He's even suggested earlier this week mediation, make a mediator available. Do you see him bargaining in good faith, Michael Diamond? I shouldn't perhaps be surprised by the answer. I, I, absolutely. I think, you know, the minister's done a tremendous job since taking on the file and certainly a very uh, tough uh, road to start his career in cabinet uh, on with several negotiations. But I, I actually agree with where Mike Stafford was going. I, I grew up in Manitoba and I was very jealous watching the teacher strike here in Ontario because I, I, I in Manitoba, that uh, wasn't legal. It is an essential service. Teachers don't have the right to strike and uh, we never had that threat and it, I think, uh, results in uh, more assurance for families and for students, and that's really, at the end of the day, uh, the best result for all taxpayers. All right. So if it's an essential service, though, doesn't that come with a premium? I mean, uh, how do you then get the uh, teachers to accept that, or I guess is you're legislating them as an essential service, but there's a cost affixed to that, isn't there? Yeah, but there's also a cost to bargaining uh, under uh, circumstances where children are being used as uh, political hostages by uh, big labor. So I think uh, uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't. I'd rather have certainty for the kids. So you promote uh, and support essential service legislation in Ontario? Yep. What's in- go ahead, Rocco, you go ahead. No, what's, what's interesting is... Um, Effectively, by offering up mediation, uh, the minister is effectively uh, offering the tool that when you're in essential service gets done because that's how it gets uh, solved is it's it's forced to mediation immediately. You keep working and then the mediator comes to the solution that has over time meant um, you know, pretty healthy uh, returns for those in the essential services. Um, but to Michael's point, it leads to greater certainty. But it's effectively the tool that he says he's willing to offer All right, right but, now. But if you're saying then, if I'm getting you right, uh, they tend to get more in that kind of an arrangement because the mediator would look favorably upon whatever it is and settle in their favor. That's what you're saying. Uh, effectively, uh, that that has been what the math has shown. And So why would uh, the teachers services? resist that then? Would it disqualify there being a union? It still doesn't disqualify it because you still have, aside from wages, all kinds of uh, additional work rules, conditions, professional development, uh, right. etc. All right. Uh, well, we've got two people in favor of essential service designation. Alyssa, you? 
Yeah, I have to say, as a parent, it uh, drove me crazy when I had to make alternate arrangements because my kid couldn't go to couldn't go, could not go to school. And I also, I used to hear from teachers that there was always one very militant teacher who was more like the union rep in the school. And you know, heaven forbid you didn't fall in line because that person would basically go tattletale on you, and you know, uh, and hell would all break loose. So I, I, I do think that he's you know, let's say he's not mentioning it right now because it is a long road uh, to get there. But right now, by saying, you know, I might consider, maybe not now, people, he's, he is seeding the ground, as far as I'm concerned. Also, on another note, I've been very impressed with his media performance throughout all of this. This is, like, very, very tough negotiations, yet he was up early this morning on morning TV, willing to take those tough questions, and yet on an and. On another subject, he was there. He's like the one, the the one person in the Ford government who was really good at sticking to the message, and making a lot of sense of what their narrative should be, and making it very, very believable. And you know, listening to him and juxtaposing against a lot of these ads that I'm starting to to see now, I have to tell you, if I see that ad once more of that teacher supposedly sitting in a classroom saying, you know, we're not, you know, it's it's the, all these cuts are hurting math, science. No, they're not. There's still math. There's still science. So I, I have to believe that even some of these narratives are becoming unbelievable on behalf of the unions. And I think that parents are starting to get fed up. All right. Still with essential services, you know, uh, where you can find essential service? When you're at High Street for Fish and Chips, they will essentially <laughs> service you right at the table. <laughs> Unless you take it to go, you can eat in or take out. Uh, either way, whatever's your pleasure and convenient. High Street, Donwood Plaza, Don Mills, always touted as the world's greatest tasting fish and chips and meat pies, too. The meat pies are hand-raised, baked from scratch, right there in the back. And they're made with local antibiotic-free beef, chicken, and organic pastured pork in their own buttery pastry. No fillers, no additives, no preservatives. It's a signature dish. There's no question about it. The steak and ale pie, steak and mushroom pie, steak and kidney, chicken pot pie. Well, they've even got the minced steak and... uh, well, that's the mint steak pie. It's got a slice of Balderson's uh, aged cheese mm. under the, the, I know, the crust. I mean, I'm getting crazy just talking about it. This is High Street, Donwood Plaza, Don Mills. As I say, Tuesdays to Saturdays, they're open and fully licensed to eat in or take out. Just take the DVP to Lawrence Avenue and go east. East of the DVP along Lawrence, one set of lights. And then at that light, turn north on Underhill. You'll find the Donwood Plaza on the right-hand side, all that parking. You'll also find High Street. Hey, and speaking of restaurants here, while I've still got a moment, uh, i got to ask because Chick-fil-A is opening a second uh, franchise in Yorkdale early in the new year. And the one at Young and Bloor that opened a couple of months back got a lot of resistance from activists. And because of the affiliation that they have, you know, in charitable foundations that uh, are inimical, I guess, to the LGBTQ lifestyle. And so the activists were out in full uh, force here in Toronto. But I guess they've got the attention of the the company and its head uh, just in general because they've dropped any affiliation with the Salvation Army and the Coalition of Christian Athletes. And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, uh, the Sally Ann, I can't understand that. I mean, so they're a target now, too. Are they considered toxic as far as you know, Rocco? Uh, certainly not by me. I was born in a Salvation Army hospital, uh, Grace at uh, Bloor and Church, uh, and at the time in in Toronto for immigrant families, that was uh, the place you could turn to. Uh, and for that and many other things, it will always remain extremely high in my estimation. 
Yeah, I, I don't know about this agenda beyond uh, doing good work for communities from the Salvation Army, uh, Alping, uh, as Rocco said. So I, I find this a, a bit much. And But, John, you did say that they were greeted by a whole bunch of protesters. More importantly, for Chick-fil-A, they were greeted by lineups that still continue of today of customers. <laughs> Well, all right, uh, and so maybe that's going to be uh, the thing that will uh, win out in the day. But uh, Alyssa, again, as a PR guru, how should corporations handle campaigns that target them politically? Well, first of all, let's let's talk about Chick Fil A. They've always had uh, an anti-LGBTQ stance. They they always have, and and also the Salvation Army also has had um, a bit of a homophobic stance. And I actually went on their website and I went to their FAQs, and there were ten questions about how maybe they didn't align with some of these uh, anti, um, this this homophobic stance. And, and they were, you know, the answers, they really, really talked around them. But I have, they have always been known for that. And I have to tell you, for that reason, when I'm walking by the lady with the bell, I keep on walking. So the fact that Chick-fil-A is actually flipping on this, and, and they were very, very, you know, hard and fast. This is what we believe in. Uh, we believe that you can dis- discriminate on the, in the cases of same sex. And then suddenly they're flipping and saying, well, now we don't believe it anymore. So they're obviously bowing to public pressure, and they find it that it's being damaging to their brand. We'll leave on that note. Thank you all for coming in. Melissa Freeman, Rocco Rossi, and Michael Diamond. Another great day for Talk Radio. Made possible by my own crew, Rob Trevisan, and Mary Feely, and of course you. Always you. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.